0: To the simple,
1: to the simple truth. You're listening to the Simple Truth with Pastor Dion Cordova of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel.
0: The council rephrases the question, are you the Son of God? If Jesus pleads the fifth on this, they don't have a case. And they might be forced to let him go. And Jesus knows that if that happens, if they're forced to let him go, all those faces in the photo album will be lost forever. So Jesus answered. Here's what he said. I am the Son of God. As we to the simple.
1: Imagine you're standing before a judge after being accused of a crime that you didn't commit. The judge who thinks you're innocent gives you the opportunity to go free. Of course, you'd gratefully accept, but that's not what Jesus did. As Pastor Dion points out in today's teaching, Jesus had several opportunities to stop what the Jewish leaders were doing to him. But Jesus knew that his death on the cross was the only way to redeem the people that he loves, so he chose to stay and give up his life. Now here's Pastor Dion in the book of Luke, chapter 23, with today's edition of The Simple Truth.
0: There under the olive trees of Gethsemane's garden, looking at that photo book, Jesus resolved to go through whatever was needed just to save us. The first thing that Jesus faced was the kiss of, and everybody said out loud, what? So Jesus was tempted to get off the bus of Calvary, to let the stop pass by. Tempted, then He strove against that to the point of sweating blood. But then the angel came and strengthened Him. And I can envision Jesus looking through that photo album of all the people that would be saved, of all the people that would inherit God's kingdom because of what He would do at Calvary. And He resolved to just do whatever it takes. And the first thing he was facing was betrayal. Say it again, what? Betrayal. Judas showed up to the garden of Gethsemane with some religious leaders and a company of soldiers. And Judas ran over to Jesus and greeted Him with a kiss and whispered in his ear, Hasta la vista, baby. Betrayal is an ugly thing. A deceitful spouse cheating on their partner. A drug addict's son who steals his parents blind. A best friend who tells your secrets. A next who poisons the kids against you. Betrayal can drive a person to be angry, defensive, combative. Jesus was faced with all of those same feelings, but He contained them. Our faces in that photo album. Our salvation. And the Father's will spurred him to go forward, to not be interrupted by this feelings that he was having of betrayal. He moved forward. The next thing Jesus faced was the sting of everybody, the sting of being what? Abandoned. So Jesus is resolved. The first thing he faces is betrayal. And then the next one is being abandoned. The disciples had promised to be there for Jesus. Through thick or thin. We got your back, they told him. Though all forsake you, we will not. But when Jesus needed them the most, they raced away like a cat at a dog pound. Exit stage left like snagglepuss. Are you serious? Everybody said, are you serious? Listen abandonment hurts. Just ask the young lady left to face pregnancy alone. Ask the elderly parent in a care facility with no visitors on Christmas. Ask the child scanning the audience during a school play looking for a parent who never shows. Jesus suffered the emotional attack of loneliness and self-pity. Jesus could have resorted to feeling sorry for himself and writing sad songs like Adele. Hello, can you hear me? I'm in Jerusalem thinking about us, what we used to be. But he didn't. Instead, Jesus pushed forward. There was no time for a pity party. The salvation of those in the photo album were still not secure. Jesus moved on. Then the next thing Jesus faced was the pain of, everybody say it, brutality. Say it again. What? Brutality. Let's read the text. Luke 26, 63. Now the men who held Jesus mocked him and beat him. And having blindfolded him, they struck him on the face and asked him, saying, Prophesy! Who is the one who struck you? And many other things they blasphemously spoke against him. So Jesus has faced the kiss of betrayal, the sting of abandonment. And now he faces the pain of brutality. You see, after taking Jesus into custody in the Garden of Gethsemane, the temple guards beat Jesus. I'm sure they had been ordered to rough Him up. And this was the beginning of an undeserved, unprovoked violence. But with every blow, Jesus held on to the mission. You and me. The mission. Valerie and Gloria, and Mel, and Ron, and Shirley. Jesus held on to the mission. In fact, read the verse. Here's what it says. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Isn't that awesome? He lays his life down for the sheep. So, so far, Jesus has faced the kiss of betrayal, the sting of abandonment, The pain of brutality. And here's the next thing. The pressure of being, and everybody say it out loud, falsely accused. John was the only disciple that didn't run. Did you know that? All the other disciples ran. John was the only one that didn't run. John is the one who stayed close to Jesus through all of these latter events. And John is the one that revealed what happened right after Jesus' arrest. John chapter 18 and verse 12 says, Then the detachment of troops and the captain of the officers of the Jews arrested Jesus and bound Him, and they led Him away to Annas first. For he was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, who was the high priest that year." So after the soldiers arrested Jesus, they took him to Annas. Annas was the former high priest, but still the mob boss. El jefe. Everybody said out loud, who? El Hefe?" And Annas, el jefe, had it out for Jesus. Jesus had disrupted his bazaar. Had gone into the temple and thrown over his tables and chased out the vendors. And Jesus had exposed Annas' racketeering in the temple. Jesus had a name for Annas and his minions Beetlejuice. No, no, it wasn't Beetlejuice. It it was worse. Jesus pointed them out to the public and called them snakes and posers and devil seed and blind leaders of the blind. Jesus insinuated that their halos were being held up by their horns. Everybody say, So now, Annas and his religious leaders want to get some, and here's the word, everybody say it out loud, payback. Annas and his minion priest held an illegal trial over at his house. Slanders, slaps, and spit were on the agenda. False witnesses, gossip, lies, punches, and pushes. That's what was going on there. This trial was not about justice, but about revenge. Say the word payback again. It was, What was it about? Payback. We hate being misunderstood, slandered. We hate being falsely accused. It bothers us like a bad rash. It gets under our skin. I mean, we will protest and argue trying to set the record straight. We want to defend and explain ourselves, which always results in saying something incriminating. Like, you can't handle the truth! That's why Annas and his minions were pushing Jesus into the corner in this illegal trial. Trying to get Jesus to say something that would incriminate him. But Jesus kept silent. Jesus was making them work for a conviction. You know, during Jesus' ministry, the religious leaders had tried to trap Jesus with incriminating questions. Jesus would always answer or counter with unbelievable wisdom. And as the religious leaders sat there and fumed in anger, Jesus would say, Once again I refer you to the nalgas. And he would walk away. But now, Jesus remains silent. Isaiah predicted this. Isaiah 53.7 says this, He was oppressed and treated harshly. Yet he never said a word. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep is silent before the shearers, he did not open his mouth. After the badgering and the slapping, and after they did that a while with Jesus to no result, Annas sent Jesus to the Sanhedrin. That's the Jewish Supreme Court. But their case was flimsy. Everybody said it was what? It was flimsy. The eyewitnesses, they conflicted. They couldn't get their story straight. And then Jesus' silence was offering the court no help. So the frustrated judges stopped beating around the bush and tried to get Jesus to incriminate Himself. Here's what they say. Verse 66. As soon as it was day, the elders of the people brought... Both chief priests and scribes came together, that's the Sanhedrin, and led him to their council, saying, If you are the Christ, tell us. But he said to them, If I tell you, you will by no means believe. And if I also ask you, you will by no means answer me nor, or let me go. Hereafter, the Son of Man will sit on the right hand of the power of God. Then they all said, Are you the Son of God? So he said to them, You rightly say that I am. And they said, what further testimony do we need? For we have heard it ourselves from his own mouth. So here's Jesus, on trial, arrested. Now he's facing false accusations. He does at Anna's house, who's trying to bully and intimidate him. They can't get a rise out of Jesus to incriminate him. They can't really bring any any accusations that will stick. So they send him to the Sanhedrin council. Maybe they will be able to make this happen and get Jesus crucified. And so they send him out there. And the first question that they insist Jesus answer was, are you the Messiah? Jesus has been silent all this whole time. Are you the Messiah? Jesus broke his silence and answered. What difference will it make? You won't believe me if I am. And you have no intention of letting me go. Jesus said, this only ends one way. The Son of Man sitting on the right hand of the power of God. In other words, death and resurrection. But they don't get it. Look at your neighbor and say, they don't get it. Not the sharpest knives in the drawer. Not the brightest crayons in the box, these guys. They don't get it. The council rephrases the question. Are you the Son of God? If Jesus pleads the fifth on this, they don't have a case. and They might be forced to let Him go. And Jesus knows that if that happens, if they're forced to let Him go, all those faces in the photo album will be lost forever. So Jesus answered, Here's what he said, I am the Son of God. Now, you and I cheer, but the Sanhedrin gasped. Everybody's going, 71 members of the Sanhedrin. Let's do it again. He said, I am the Son of God. The Sanhedrin gasped. To claim divinity was heresy of the worst kind. According to the Old Testament law, heresy was a capital offense that carried the death penalty, stoning. The religious leaders should have hauled Jesus out of the city and stoned him, but they didn't. Why? Everybody ask. Why? Why didn't they? The simple answer they would get dirty. Dirty. Yeah, The religious term is unclean. Say that word out loud. What? Unclean. See, if the religious leaders executed someone on the eve of the holy day, which was Passover, they would be considered unclean and unable to participate in the biggest feast and party of the year, Passover. And that was unacceptable to them. Bunch of religious frat boys. Party animals. Everybody say it out loud. What are they? Party animals. So the religious leaders have to convince the Roman governor, Pontius Pilate, to do their dirty work. And that would mean Jesus would be brutally tortured and crucified, not stoned. Meaning that another Old Testament prophecy would be fulfilled. Everybody say, huh? Sure. How many is that already? Born of a virgin? Born in Bethlehem? Raised in Nazareth? Ministry in Galilee? Worked amazing miracles? Rode into Jerusalem on a donkey colt on the exact day? Betrayed by a friend for 30 pieces of silver. Silent when falsely accused. Crucified. So far that's Jesus 9. Atheist 0. So, the religious leaders... They drag Jesus over to the Antonia Fortress. That is the Roman courtroom. They drag Jesus over there to get Pilate to do their dirty work. And they present their case to Pilate and demand that Jesus be put to death. Let's read the text. Then the whole multitude of them arose and led him to Pilate. So that's 71 members of the Sanhedrin that all gasped In the courtroom, when Jesus said he is the Son of God, because if he wouldn't have said it, they wouldn't have known what to do. And Jesus knows that your face is in that photo album. He wants you saved, so he said it. I am the Son of God. So the 71 members all together go over there to the praetorium at the Autonia Fortress and they present their case. The whole multitude then arose and led him to Pilate. And they began to accuse him, saying, We found this fellow perverting the nation and forbidding to pay taxes to Caesar, saying that he himself is Christ, a king. The religious leaders knew that Pilate wouldn't sentence Jesus to death on the religious charge of heresy. So they lied. And accused Jesus of crimes against Rome. He's teaching subversive doctrine. He is stirring up a rebellion. He refuses to submit to Roman authority. He forbids to pay Roman tax. He claims to be king over and above Caesar. But Pilate knew the religious bullies way too well. And the little he had heard about Jesus was all good. So Pilate decided to bring Jesus into the judges' chambers, away from the intimidating accusers. You see, it was the eve of a holy day. So Pilate knew that the religious leaders wouldn't want to go into the judges' chambers because they'd have to cross over the threshold. Into the house of a Gentile and be considered unclean. So Pilate says, I'd like to see the prisoner, the accused, in my chambers. Can you imagine the tension of all of the Sanhedrin leaders? They don't want Jesus in there alone with Pilate. Jesus, my work is magic on the guy. No, but Pilate does it anyway and brings him into the judges' chambers away from his intimidating accusers. And Pilate asked Jesus to give a defense. Pilate is basically telling Jesus, give me a reason to release you. Come on, say something. Right here you would expect Jesus to say, Mr. Pilate, they put me in the lineup and let the bright light shine. But, but, but he didn't. I've been framed. But he didn't. Look at your neighbor and say, but he didn't. Jesus could have said that, but he didn't. He stayed silent. So Pilate reminded Jesus that he was the one who had the power to release him. I'm the one with a power. Say, give me a reason. Say something. I'm the only one that can release you. And that's when Jesus spoke up. Jesus told Pilate, When it comes to me, your power is limited. Only God has control of my destiny. Pilate then asked Jesus the million dollar question Are you the king? Are you the king? Jesus looked into Pilate's eyes and Jesus turned the question around What do you say? What say you? What do you believe? Am I the king? Jesus is asking us, asking you the same question. Don't deflect like Pilate did. Because Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 through 11 says this The day is coming, let's read it. The day is coming that at the name of Jesus, Every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Wow! What say you? If you're here and you haven't declared Jesus King of your life, you haven't surrendered to His Lordship, to His leading authority. Today is the wonderful day to start. Your face is in that photo album, and Jesus has faced up to now all of those things just to get you into His family, into His kingdom, and eternally saved. The final scene is still to happen. in what Jesus will endure for every one of the faces in that photo album. But today is the day to surrender. Today is the day of salvation.
1: As we to the simple... We're so glad that you tuned in today to The Simple Truth. We pray that Pastor Dion's teaching in the book of Luke has given you a new insight into the life of Jesus and brought you closer to Him. If you'd like to learn more about the ministry of The Simple Truth or hear additional messages, visit tmcalvary.com. You'll find them under the Sermons tab. You can even experience the video version of these teachings at our YouTube channel. Just follow the link. And don't forget to subscribe. When you do, you'll be notified as soon as we've uploaded new messages that we know will share Jesus' love and truth for your life. Find a link to our YouTube channel at our website. Again, that's tmcalvary.com. Before we end our time with you today, we'd like to offer you the opportunity to be involved in what we're doing here at The Simple Truth. We'd love for you to join us in praying for the people who will be listening to these broadcasts, who may even be hearing about Jesus for the first time. Would you pray that the Holy Spirit would open ears and soften hearts, and that lives would forever be changed? Would you pray also for Pastor Dion and the team here at The Simple Truth? Pray that we always keep our eyes on the Lord, and that we're courageous to follow wherever He may lead. Would you also pray about financially supporting this ministry? Any and all amounts given are useful and greatly appreciated. You can find out more at tmcalvary.com. Just click on Donate. Thank you for praying about this, and thank you for joining us today on The Simple Truth. So let us join our hands, and together we stand.